Come on, if you know he's good, give him a praise tonight. Come on, let's praise him according to his excellent greatness. Come on, praise him for his mighty acts. Woo! Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Turn around and high five about three or four people standing next to you. Tell him he's been better to me than I've been to myself. Woo! Oh yeah, he's been better to me than I've been to myself. Woo! Anybody got a testimony that God's been good to them this week? Are you living in the year of blessing tonight? Woo! I had one man come to me in this church this week who is an entrepreneur who said, Bishop, I got a testimony. I, I, I got to tell you, he said, we made our supernatural Sunday pledge. He said, and about a week or two after we made the pledge, he said, I felt like God prompted me to go ahead and give the entire pledge right away. He said, I had planned on trying to give a little bit of my pledge throughout the whole 90 days. He said, but I distinctly felt God tell me, you need to give the whole thing right now. He said, Bishop, it, it was a test of my faith because he said the amount we had pledged, I, I hadn't planned for that. And, and, and I thought to myself, if I give everything, the entire pledge, I'm not sure that, that, that I've got the budget to make it to the end of the month, Brother Michael. He said, but I knew what God was telling me to do. He said, so I gave the entire pledge. He said, and before the month was over, we did more business than we had ever done in a single month before the month had ended. I need some entrepreneurs to go ahead and give God a praise. And if that wasn't enough, he said by the time the month was over, Bishop, uh, it, it was a record-setting month. Uh, he said then the very next month, uh, he said, which was this past month of time, he said we broke a record and did more business uh, and set a brand new record uh, than we had ever done. He said, Bishop, this month I've got so much business I can't even come up with it I can't keep up with it he said before the month is over he said we will have done more business in 90 days than we did the entire year last year somebody ought to go ahead and rejoice with them that rejoice tonight Come on, I came to preach to somebody. Uh, there's a blessing uh, with your name on it. Hallelujah. Woo. Woo. One of the things I love about the word of the Lord in regards to giving, God said, prove me. <laughs> prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts. God said, I 
dare you to just go ahead and obey what my word says and see if I won't bless you. See if I won't open the windows of heaven. Oh, somebody tonight ought to give God a praise because you know his word is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. I know everybody likes to say I'm living my best life, but I got something better than my best life. I'm living the blessed life. Tell one more person standing next to you, I'm living my blessed life. Woo. And a blessed life always trumps a best life. When you're blessed by God, it's greater than anything you could do on your own. It's greater than anything you could come up with with your own intellect and your own ability. I wish I had a witness in the building time. I don't just want the best life. Uh, I want a blessed life. Woo. God has been blessing us here. How many of you were blessed by what the Lord did on Sunday right here in the house of the Lord? What an incredible move of God, both services. Sunday morning when we finished, there were a handful of people received the Holy Ghost. Anna was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost Sunday morning. And then Sunday night, Vito Jr. was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to go ahead and give God some praise tonight. Glory to the name of Jesus. Grab your Bibles. We're going to hasten to the word of the Lord in this place. How many of you enjoying those fans tonight? <laughs> I walked up to the front of the altar and felt all that air moving. And I started singing that old gospel song, The Wind is Blowing Again. See, some of y'all babies don't even know about that song. The wind is blowing again. Just like the day of Pentecost, the wind is blowing again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 19 tonight. The Lord has had me in a particular vein over the past handful of weeks in our Tuesday night services. And uh, I want to again jump back into that vein again tonight. Luke chapter 19, verse 45 says, And he went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written. Now, in order to understand the context of that scripture, you have to remember what they were doing that caused Jesus to become infuriated. You understand that it was the order of the tabernacle that you would bring an offering unto the Lord, a sacrificial offering. And so they would bring doves and, and, and animals that were representative of their first fruit. But you can imagine that that, that was a little bit of a chore having to prepare the animals and transport them and bring them to the house of the Lord. And, and so somebody had the bright idea 
that they would make it more convenient for people. And instead of having to go through all of the preparation and sacrifice, we'll bring the sacrifice and you can just buy the sacrifice when you get to the church. And so the Lord was angry because they were letting somebody else put in all of the work for the sacrifice and they were just showing up enjoying the benefits of having the sacrifice. Somebody else prepared it uh, and they tried to offer it as if it was theirs. And the Lord braids a whip, goes into the tabernacle and the Bible says it is written, my house, somebody shout my house, is the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. Isaiah chapter 56, verse number seven says, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful, listen to this, in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. A few weeks ago we spent two weeks and we preached about the power of prayer. Last Tuesday or the Tuesday before that we preached about the sound of prayer. And tonight, for a few moments, I want to preach about the place of prayer. Oh, would you put your Bibles down and clap your hands one more time? Give the Lord a shout of praise in this house. Oh, glory to the name of Jesus. Come on, we ought to go ahead and lift our voice for a few moments in his house tonight. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Woo. Amen. If you promise to preach with me, you may be seated tonight. While I believe that we can pray anywhere and everywhere, we should pray always the Lord commands us in his word that men ought always to pray and not to faint we can pray in the car on the way to work we can pray at home in the living room or the bedroom we can pray in the break room at the job we can take a stroll along the beach and we can pray. We can pray at the restaurant before we eat. We can pray in all of these places and everywhere that we go, we can pray. But it is evident in scripture that God always intended for there to be a geographical place that was designed and assigned as a place of prayer. I'm gonna need some help in this Holy Ghost Church tonight. 
It is evident in the word of the Lord that God intended for there to be a place that was called his house. He declared my house shall be called a house of prayer. Hallelujah. While we can pray anywhere and at any time, there is something special. There is something particularly powerful about having a revelation concerning the place of prayer. While I encourage you to pray at home and I encourage you to have a prayer closet, hear me well tonight. There is nothing that can replace the power of God's people coming into this house that is called the house of prayer. Woo, come on somebody. Uh, I believe God wants uh, to remind us tonight uh, that this uh, is not just a house uh, of preaching. Uh, it is not just a house uh, where his word is dispersed. Uh, it is not just a place uh, of praise. Uh, it is not just uh, what is popularly known as a house uh, of worship. Uh, but God said, uh, my house uh, shall be called uh, a house uh, of uh, prayer. Ultimately, we understand uh, that we are the temple uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, uh, know ye not that ye are uh, the temple of God uh, and that the Spirit of God uh, dwelleth in you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, uh, what know ye not that your body uh, is the temple of the Holy Ghost, uh, which is in you, uh, which ye have of God and ye are not your own but we must understand tonight uh, that there is a place uh, designated by God uh, that God said it is in uh, that place uh, that I will meet with my people. Uh, it is in that place uh, that I will commune uh, with my people uh, and that is uh, in my house uh, of uh, prayer. Uh, that's why we can't forsake uh, the assembling uh, of ourselves together. Uh, I'm going to preach for a few moments here. Uh, while I appreciate your consecration uh, outside of these four walls, uh, it ought to be the practice uh, and the, the, the commitment uh, and the discipline of your life uh, to every day of your life uh, find your way uh, to the house of God uh, and spend time uh, in the presence uh, of the king uh, come on I'm going to preach to some of us tonight uh, you've got the discipline to get up every day uh, and go to your place of employment uh, you've got discipline every day uh, to get up and go to your house uh, but God said uh, somewhere in your daily life uh, you need to stop by uh, my house uh, and my house uh, shall be called uh, a house uh, of uh, prayer. Am I in the right church tonight? We find the disciples right after the birth of the church going to the house of God for prayer. 
Acts chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. You understand that to them, uh, the day was divided uh, into a 12-hour span, uh, basically from sunup uh, to sundown, uh, and they divided it into 12 hours. Uh, and there were essentially three uh, points in the day uh, that were called the hour of prayer. Uh, it was the third hour, uh, which was approximately 9 a.m. Uh, it was uh, uh, the third hour of the day. Uh, and then you had uh, the sixth hour of the day uh, that was approximately at noon uh, and then you had the ninth hour of the day uh, which was approximately 3 p.m. Uh, and it was at all of these intervals uh, that the worshipers of the one true God uh, made it a practice uh, and a habit uh, that whatever we're doing uh, wherever we're at uh, we're going to take a moment uh, and we're going to stop by uh, the house uh, of the Lord uh, to pray. Uh, come on, I came to preach to us tonight. Uh, out of everything we do in this building, uh, there ought to be prayer uh, that defines uh, the house uh, at 940 uh, Turpin Street. Uh, more than youth ministry, uh, more than choir practices, uh, more than evangelism efforts, uh, this ought to be uh, the house uh, of prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach tonight until some of us uh, engage with the word of the Lord in this house. Uh, come on, I didn't come to give you a cute Bible study. Uh, I didn't come to try to impress you uh, with a theological, uh, homiletical presentation. Uh, so please don't sit there uh, like you're in a college classroom uh, listening to a professor. Uh, this is uh, the house uh, of prayer. Uh, and if you had a revelation of what the implications are of the house of prayer. You would understand the potential that's in this building tonight. You would understand that the answer to every one of your questions is in the house tonight. You would understand that healing for every sickness is in this place tonight. You would understand that breakthrough for every bondage is present in this place. That's why we cannot come casually and sit through church services as if we are enjoying a theatrical presentation. This is the house of prayer. God, I pray that you would mess up the comfortability of the modern day church. God, deliver us from being casual in the house of the Lord, Brother Keith. Deliver us uh, from coming to church uh, just to sit down uh, and relax uh, and take it easy uh, and check the box. Uh, but God help us uh, to understand uh, that when we walk into this place, uh, it is a place uh, where heaven uh, meets earth. Uh, it is a place uh, where the divine uh, connects with the earth realm. Uh, oh, if you understood uh, the opportunity uh, that's in this place tonight, 
tonight. You would have your hands lifted. You would be calling on his name tonight. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Don't just sit there. Don't just sit there tonight. You are in the place of prayer. You are in the house of prayer. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. It'd be more convenient and easier, Brother Albadacin. I'm just going to go ahead and pray at home. I'm just going to go ahead and pray. You know, can I just preach for a moment? I wonder if some of the modern conveniences uh, that we have today uh, have not caused some of us uh, to grow shallow uh, in our sacrifice uh, and our commitment uh, to the house of God. Uh, the enemy has talked some of us into thinking uh, that an online experience uh, can substitute uh, for being in uh, the house of God. Uh, and it becomes convenient uh, when we've worked a long day uh, to just say, I'm going to stay home and tune in on YouTube. It becomes convenient for us to say, I'm not feeling too well. I think I'll just tune in. Oh my God, help us. I said, God, help us not to lose the revelation of how special this house is. I've got to get to the house of God. I've got to be there for the hour of prayer. I've got to be there for the time of visitation. I've got to get there. Come on, I'm preaching to us in this building. Peter and John went up together into the temple. I got to get to church. I got to get to prayer meeting. I got to get in the presence of the Lord. I've got to get to the place where heaven and earth come together. I've got to get to the house of prayer. Somebody give him a praise tonight. Kolobo Shataya. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Their behavior was predictable. They understood at this certain time uh, they're going to be there. Uh, you can count on it. Uh, when the clock strikes uh, 3 o'clock, uh, they're going to be walking in uh, to the temple. Uh, when the clock strikes 12, uh, they're going to be walking in uh, to the temple. Uh, when the clock strikes Come on, somebody. Uh, I'm preaching tonight. Uh, God, I want to be in that number. Uh, God, don't let my name be missing uh, from the people uh, that have caught the revelation uh, of the house uh, of uh, prayer. God forbid that God leads people here and the church is at home. God forbid he lead people here and we're sitting in our convenience 
while people are depending uh, on some people. Come on, I'm going to preach tonight. Uh, I'm going to preach tonight. Uh, come on, God deliver us uh, from convenience service. Uh, God deliver us uh, from a casual commitment uh, to the kingdom uh, of God. Hallelujah. We've got to fall in love with this place. We've got to fall in love uh, with the house uh, of the Lord. Uh, fall in love uh, with the place uh, of prayer. Uh, we've got to fall in love. Uh, come on, I'm preaching tonight. Uh, I know it's Tuesday. Uh, I know you worked all week, uh, but baby, there ought to be something uh, stirring inside uh, of your spirit. Uh, They set precedent for the routine of the early church. They went daily to the house of prayer. Prayer was the anchor point of the church. Prayer was the daily business of the church. Come on, prayer does not prepare us for the work of God. Prayer is the primary work of God. It does you no good to put your suit and tie on and come and sit in the building with your mouth closed, unmoved by the presence of God. My question is, what is your motive of coming to the house of the Lord? Put on your best dress, drive up in here, and then sit on a pew unresponsive to a move of God. This is not uh, a social club. Uh, this is uh, the house uh, of prayer. Uh, come on, I love you. Uh, I'm glad to see you, uh, but I didn't come for you. Uh, I'm glad you're here, uh, and I'm excited to shake your hand, uh, but I did not come uh, just to see you. Uh, I came uh, to feel a touch uh, of his presence. Uh, I came to speak to him. Uh, I came to lift my hands uh, and lift my voice uh, in the presence uh, of the Lord. Come on, uh, this is uh, the place uh, of prayer. Hallelujah. I'm preaching simple tonight, but you've got to get what I'm saying. They came to the house of prayer and they brought their sacrifices and they brought their offerings. You better hear me, it's not just monetary offerings but when you come to the house of the Lord uh, you become the Bible says a living sacrifice holy uh, and acceptable unto God uh, which is your reasonable uh, service uh, don't you know uh, that when you walk in the house of the Lord uh, you're presenting uh, your body uh, as a living uh, sacrifice uh, how dare uh, we give uh, eight hours to our employer uh, of sweat uh, and our energy 
and our efforts and our time and our talent and then walk into church and limp our way to the pew and sit on the pew and give God the last dregs of our energy and give God the minimal amount of our attention. God forbid I came with my hands lifted God. I came with my voice lifted. I didn't come empty handed God but I came into your presence. I came into the place of prayer. Come on somebody lift your hands right now. Somebody lift your voice right now. Come on, come on. Come on, you shouldn't be involved uh, in other conversations right now. Uh, the only conversation uh, we ought to be having is with God. Uh, come on, you shouldn't be distracted uh, on your phone right now. Uh, shame on you uh, if right now in the presence of God, uh, you're distracted with other people. Come on, you're in the house uh, of prayer. Come on, somebody needs a revelation uh, that everything uh, you could possibly imagine in life uh, can be found in his presence. Uh, every bit of fulfillment uh, that you wish you had uh, is in his presence. Uh, every answer to your questions uh, is here tonight. Uh, I wish somebody would get the revelation uh, that you have access uh, to the eternal uh, through Holy Ghost prayer uh, in this house tonight. Uh, come on. Uh, come on. Come on, there's something special about praying in this place. There's something powerful about praying in this house. There's something special about lifting your voice in these four walls. It is the house. It is the place of prayer. Can I just preach to you tonight uh, that our music uh, is not the feature uh, of the service. Uh, come on, can I preach to you uh, that your nice suit and dress uh, is not the focus feature uh, of the service. Uh, can I just preach to you uh, that a good sermon uh, is not the focus feature uh, of the church, uh, but his presence uh, manifest uh, in the midst of his people uh, is the reason we're here. Uh, Paul said, uh, I didn't come to you uh, with enticing words uh, of men's wisdom, uh, but I came uh, in power uh, and demonstration uh, of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody open your mouth and pray. Uh, when we pray uh, in this house, uh, things begin to happen. Uh, when we pray uh, in this house, uh, God begins to move. Uh, when we pray uh, in this house, 
Come on, come on. Some of us need a fresh baptism right now. Come on, some of us need a fresh baptism right now of God's presence in our life. Come on, come on somebody, come on somebody, I feel like telling somebody, uh, if you'll get connected to his house, uh, God will connect himself uh, to your house. Come on, how many of you need God to move uh, in your house? How many of you need God to move uh, in your house? Uh, then let me tell you this, uh, begin to move uh, in his house. Uh, come on, if you'll start moving uh, in his house, uh, God will move uh, in your house. Come on, he's here, uh, he's here, uh, he's here, uh, he's here. come on come on God wants to use you right now I know this is simple preaching uh, but God wants us to get this right now we need a fresh revelation uh, these aren't just four walls uh, on Tarpon Street uh, this is the place uh, this is the place uh, that God said uh, I'll let my glory uh, reside there uh, I'll move uh, I'll incline my ear uh, in this place Hallelujah! 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 Orobo Shataya! Ialama Shataya! Come on! We can sing songs and never experience a manifestation of his glory. We can preach sermons and never experience the power and wonder of his presence. But if somebody will get the revelation that if we'll pray, if we'll pray in his house, if we'll pray in his house, if we'll pray in his house, Gloria, Gloria, Gloria. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. I said the Holy Ghost is moving uh, right now because the Holy Ghost is on somebody right now. Come on. You got to use your faith and your understanding that he's here right now. Come on, Rock Church. Can I preach to us tonight uh, that God waits for us uh, on Tuesday nights? Uh, 
God knows we're assembling on Tuesday nights. Uh, and before you ever pull up in the parking lot, uh, the God of all heavens uh, is already resting in the building. Uh, and he's waiting on you uh, to come through the door. Uh, he's waiting on you to call his name. Uh, he's waiting on you uh, to give your heart uh, and ask of him. Uh, he's waiting on you uh, to petition him. Uh, he's waiting on you uh, to declare things uh, in it. Oh, uh, this is the house uh, of prayer. Robo I don't know what you came in here needing tonight, uh, but I came to declare to you, uh, it's one prayer meeting away. Uh, whatever you need is one uh, prayer meeting uh, away tonight. Uh, the God that created the heavens and the earth uh, has his ear inclined to this place. Uh, the same God uh, that parted the waters of the sea uh, is ready to move on your behalf. Uh, the same God uh, that vanquished the enemy of his people uh, is waiting to hear uh, your voice tonight uh, in the place uh, of prayer. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Robos, I need a couple of men with faith uh, to gather right here with Brother Albadassi. Uh, come on. God, every need supplied, uh, every situation, uh, every circumstance. Uh, come on, you're in the right place uh, at the right time tonight uh, for a miracle. Uh, you're in the right place uh, at the right time uh, for God to answer your prayer request. Uh, you're at the right place uh, at the right time uh, for God to meet you uh, at the point of your need uh, in this house tonight. Come on. You're not just standing on concrete floors. You're standing on holy ground tonight. You're not just standing in a building. You're standing on holy ground tonight. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Robo Shataya. Yalamaya Robo Shataya Robo 
Yes! Come on. When you start praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, God transforms the concrete uh, into holy ground. When you start praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, God transforms the building uh, into a tabernacle of his glory. Uh, when you start praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, angels uh, are dispatched uh, into the midst of God's people. Uh, when you begin to pray uh, in the Holy Ghost, come on. It's this place, 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 it's this place. Come on, somebody needs a fresh reminder that the only reason you're here is by the grace of God. The only reason you have access is by the grace of God. The only reason you've got a seat in the building is because God has kept you. I want you to keep praying tonight. Keep praying tonight, but I want you to hear. God wants somebody to walk out of this house with a fresh level of power with God tonight. The Bible says concerning Daniel that when the edict was signed that nobody should kneel and pray to anybody else except the king. The Bible says that Daniel kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Listen, as he did aforetime. Some of us, the only time we run to the house of God to pray is when we're in trouble. When we're in crisis, When things are going well, I just feel like saying this in the Holy Ghost. Somebody better hear me. You want to know why the, the blessings of the Lord seem to evade you? Because there's some of us that un, God understands 
if he blesses us, it would destroy us. Because if God blesses you, you forget the God that blessed you. The more God gives you increase, the less your commitment to him becomes. I can't get no help in the building. The only time God can get you to humble yourself and pray is when your life is in crisis. The only time God can get you to walk with him is when you're in the middle of struggle and chaos. God wants to bless you, but every time he blesses you, you forget who brought you out. You forget who put their hand on you. Daniel didn't wait for a crisis to develop the pattern of prayer in his life. But when the edict was signed, he didn't say, oh my God, uh, I better start really praying. Uh, you know what Daniel did? Uh, he did the same thing uh, that he was doing uh, before the king ever came uh, against him. Uh, he said, I got a time uh, at nine in the morning. Uh, I got a time at 12. Uh, I got a time at three. Uh, and I'm going to pray uh, just like uh, I've been praying. The answer to achieving your dreams is not more hustle. Some of y'all better delete some of the Instagram pages you follow that have you believing that it's by your own arm that you're blessed. That it's by your own talent that you're blessed. Uh, that it's by your own ingenuity. Uh, uh, you better get rid of some of those voices of influence. Uh, and understand every blessing I have. Uh, every gift I have. Uh, came because uh, of the God uh, that I serve. Brother Timothy, if we'll keep God first, uh, God will take care of us. Uh, when we make God a priority, uh, God makes us uh, his priority. Daniel prayed. Listen to what the Bible says concerning a man that prays. Bible doesn't give us indicators concerning Daniel that measure his education or his military prowess. There's one thing the Bible over and over again wants us to know about Daniel. Daniel. And here's what happens with people that pray. The Bible says... In Daniel chapter 6 or chapter 5 verse 12, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding and interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences, how did Daniel acquire all of these things? 
He spent time with God. Come on. I don't know about you, uh, but I want God to say this uh, about me. I want an excellent spirit. I want to have knowledge and understanding. I want God to give me revelation and wisdom. Come on, somebody. You're not going to find it listening to Instagram gurus and reading self-help books. I'll tell you where the source of revelation and knowledge and excellence is. It comes from spending time in the presence of God. You want to be great? You want to do great things? Get a prayer life. Spend time in the presence of God. What else does it say? The dissolving of doubts. Some of y'all missed that. One of the gifts and abilities of Daniel was to dissolve doubt. I wish somebody in the building would catch that tonight. God wants you to walk in such a way uh, that it doesn't matter, Sister Collins, uh, what kind of doubt the enemy brings. Uh, I've been spending time uh, in the presence of the Lord, uh, and when doubt uh, enters uh, my orbit, uh, it just melts away. Uh, it just dissolves. Uh, doubt can't survive uh, in my presence. Uh, fear and anxiety. Come on, somebody. The dissolving. Daniel 6 and 3, listen, said, then this Daniel was preferred. How many of you want to be a preferred customer? See, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But when you're preferred, there's all kind of perks, Brother Albadacene. I've got, I've got a diamond membership with Delta because I fly so much with them. I'm a loyal customer. And so now I've reached diamond medallion status. And you know what that means? It means sometimes when other people have to wait, God moves me to the front of the line. I can't get no help up in here. It means that sometimes without even having to try, they'll just go ahead and put me in first class at no extra charge. And while everybody else has to wait till the middle of the flight, we haven't even left the taxi. Mr. Williams, can I get you something to eat, sir? Would you like something to drink, sir? I get extra space to occupy. Y'all are missing it. Preferred status. I don't have to pay to bring my bags. My TSA is paid for. I don't even have to stand in the line for security. 
don't even have to take my shoes off. I get to walk straight through. Oh, your diamond, your preferred status. Go on ahead, sir. When the plane gets seated, they come looking for me. Are you Mr. Williams? Oh, Mr. Williams, we just want to say on behalf of Delta how much we appreciate all of your business. We hope you have an amazing, everybody else wondering, how come they ain't talking to me like that? We hope you have an amazing flight. And Mr. Williams, if there's anything we can do to serve you on this flight, please let us know. Thank you again for flying, and thank you for your preferred status with Delta. I'm talking about preferred status. It's so powerful that other businesses connected to Delta automatically give me preferred status in their business. I can be at the rental car counter, huh? and they say, oh, you're a diamond medallion member. Huh? Oh, I got a better price for you than... Y'all are missing it. Daniel was preferred above the presidents. I, I, I can't get no help up in the building. He had more status uh, than all the CEOs uh, of the companies uh, that were in the land. Uh, he was preferred uh, above the presidents. Uh, he was preferred uh, above the princes. Why? Because an excellent uh, spirit uh, was in him. Anybody want to guess how he got an excellent spirit? Because his spirit was brought in the spirit in the presence uh, of the spirit uh, three times a day. Uh, the Holy Ghost uh, kept working on Daniel uh, when he'd get up out of a prayer meeting uh, and walk around there. There's something about that Daniel. Uh, there's something different about that man. Uh, there's something special uh, about that man. Can I preach uh, to some people in the building uh, who are asking God uh, for a preferred status? Uh, I'm going to tell you how you get it. Uh, spend time in his presence and the king thought to set him over the whole realm I got 15 Baptist head nods and 6 Presbyterian amens in the building is there anybody in this place that wants a promotion? Is there any? Oh, some of y'all are just satisfied, I guess. Is there anybody that wants God to elevate you? Uh, that wants a preferred, come on, uh, i tell you how you get it. Uh, it's not fighting the corporate game. Uh, it's not fighting and scratching your way uh, to the top. Uh, it's not having to put in triple time hours uh, at your job. Uh, I'll tell you how to get promoted. Uh, start spending time uh, in the presence uh, of the king. Uh, Pretty soon God will say, uh, oh, she's at prayer meeting again? Uh, put that on her account. Put that on her account. Put it on her account. Pretty soon he's going to say, hey, angels, uh, well, let's go ahead and give her preferred status. Uh, she spent enough time in my presence. Uh, she gets preferred status. 
Come on, somebody. You need to work on your status with the kingdom of God tonight. God preferred him, set him over the whole realm. Daniel chapter 10 verse 11 says this. When the angel came, he said, oh, Daniel, a man greatly beloved. I want that to be my testimony in heaven. That's what the angel said about Daniel. Oh, Daniel, you're the one that's greatly beloved. That tells me that in the heavenlies, God would frequently say, I love that Daniel. I love that. You see him down there praying. Uh, you see him down there spinning. Uh, I love me some Daniel. Uh, when the angel got there, uh, oh, Daniel, uh, a man uh, who is greatly uh, beloved. Understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. What was he saying? You got preferred status. When you pray, God sends angels. Somebody in the building tonight uh, needs to get some faith in your spirit. Uh, you can get to a place in your walk with God uh, that God says they got preferred status with me. Uh, and when they pray, uh, I'm listening to what they have to say. Uh, and I'll send angels uh, on your behalf. Uh, I'll send angels. Come on, somebody. There's a term that we coined in, in, in the church world. And it comes automatic. I used it a few minutes ago preaching. When we talk about a prayer life. But a prayer life would indicate that it's a life separate from our regular life. Can I just preach to you tonight? God doesn't want us to have a prayer life. God wants us to have a life of prayer. And there's a difference. Come on, God wants our life to be defined uh, by prayer. God, well, I just need some people in the building tonight. Uh, God wants our life to be defined uh, with prayer. I'm telling you, there's some young ladies uh, in the building. Uh, God wants to elevate you like Queen Esther, uh, but he's waiting on you uh, to quit chasing fads and fashions uh, and quit chasing all the stuff, uh, the accoutrements of success. Uh, God said, if you'll spend time uh, in my presence, uh, I'll elevate you. Uh, I'll bless you. Uh, I'll give you favor. Uh, you'll walk into the house of a king uh, and the scepter will be extended to you. Uh, I'll give you favor and power uh, over nature. I wish I had some. There's some young men in the building tonight. God wants you to be a Daniel in the kingdom of God. God wants you to be a Daniel in the kingdom of God. God wants to give you favor. God wants to give you power. God wants to give you blessing in your life. But it's not going to come chasing after what the world wants to tell you is success. It's going to come when you start chasing after God. When you start spending time in his presence. Come on. Come on. I don't want a prayer life. I want a life of prayer. 
I'm hurrying tonight. When the tabernacle was assembled, Scripture tells us that the people pitched their tents with the opening facing the tabernacle. When they walked out of their house, the first thing they saw was the tabernacle, the house of God. The entire community was designed so that the first thing people saw when they came out of their home was the house of God. Everything in their life was arranged around the house of God. Some of you missed that because you're letting the enemy distract you right now. I'm going to say it again. God set it up to where their entire life centered around the house of God. I want them to orient their entire life around my tabernacle, around my presence, around spending time. You couldn't leave your house without going by the tabernacle. You couldn't get back to your house without going by the tabernacle. God said if you want to be blessed, build your life centered around the kingdom of God. If you want to be blessed, make my house a priority. David was so emphatic that he said, here I dwell in a house of cedars, magnificent structures. He said, and my God dwells in a tent of animal skins. He said, I've got to get it right. I want my life to reflect that God's house is a priority in my life. I'm hurrying tonight. Second Chronicles 7, 12. 16 says the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him I have heard thy prayer listen and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice God said I've chosen a place if I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or I send pestilence among my people if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land we quote that scripture but if you keep reading he says now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attempt unto the prayer that is made in this place. There's a level of God's attention 
that you garner in his house that you won't get anywhere else. Come on. I'm in the word tonight. I said there is a level of God's attention that you can garner when you're praying in his house that you will not get anywhere else. He said, my eyes are upon this place. My ears are inclined unto the prayer. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house. I have chosen and I have sanctified this house. The moment the Rock Church changed its address to 940 Tarpon Street, God said, I'm going to sanctify this house. I'm going to set it apart to be used for my glory. There's going to be something special. Uh, I'm going to fix my eyes uh, on that address. Uh, I'm going to incline my ear uh, to that address. Uh, and I'm going to be listening uh, particularly uh, to the prayers uh, that come from that house. Uh, I'm going to be watching uh, for those who are praying uh, in this house. That my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually do you want God's attention then learn how to pray in his house Come on, do you want God's attention? Uh, then learn uh, how to pray uh, in his house. Come on, I'm preaching tonight. I got a few more minutes of preaching, uh, but somebody needs to move past uh, your Tuesday night uh, church routine uh, of sitting on a pew, uh, waiting for somebody to sing you happy uh, and waiting for somebody to preach you happy uh, and lift your voice uh, in this place. Uh, lift your voice uh, in this house. Come on. Come on in Jesus' name. As God's house is a house of prayer. The divine intention of God is that people should leave their house and meet God in His. God commands the leaders in Joel chapter 2 verse 17 he said, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. If we were to say, where's the porch of this building at, where would that be? 
where's the altar? He said, I want the leaders to weep between the porch and the altar. You know what that means? God said, I, I need leaders who will come in this house and shed tears and pray on behalf of my people. Come on, can I preach to them for a moment to leaders in this church? Uh, come on, uh, the greatest call of God on your life uh, isn't to lead a group of people uh, in some ministry organization, uh, but God's greatest call uh, upon your life uh, is to lead his people uh, in prayer uh, in this house. Come on. Come on, if you're a leader in this church, uh, it ought to be uh, characteristic of you uh, that when we assemble in this place, uh, that you're leading God's people uh, in prayer uh, between the porch uh, and the altar. I want to address something here for a moment. And you can just don't, don't, don't lose the momentum of the Holy Ghost. But I'm setting some things in order tonight. It ought not to be that when we are assembled for prayer in this sanctuary, that God's people are distracted doing other things. I, I, I'm going to tell you what, what, what's, what, you know what's going to send some of us to hell? is our cell phones. Some of us are so addicted to our phones, we can't sit through a church service without our phone on our lap. Checking texts and emails and God forbid social media and websites. You know what that's a sign of? It's a sign that your carnal nature uh, is commanding your attention. That you're under the total control uh, and attention uh, of the desire of your flesh. It means you're, you're like Jacob. Who said, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place. And I knew it not. What a travesty in the middle of Holy Ghost power and revelation and a move of God and I'm distracted by entertainment. I'm just going to preach tonight. If you can't exercise the discipline of staying off your cell phone during a church service, I understand sometimes there's emergency and things of that nature. That's not what I'm talking about. So don't misconstrue what, what I'm saying and run out of here and say that I'm being unreasonable. But if you can't sit through a church service, if you don't have enough discipline to sit through a church service without picking up your phone and constantly scrolling and working, then you ought to have enough intelligence to power it off and put it out of your sight so it doesn't become a stumbling block to you in the house of God. This is the place of prayer. I said, this is the place of prayer. 
I'm going to use an extreme example, but, but, I'm, but I'm trying to paint a picture for you. There was a time when, when God's people had fell into such an apostate place that they weren't afraid to walk into the tabernacle and commit acts of whoredom. And nobody would say nothing about it. Until one day, somebody finally got sick and tired of it. Walked up in the tent and stuck a javelin through two people who were committing acts of... Oh, God's calling some of us to a walk with Him. I, 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 I'm getting concerned. And I'm just going to say this. I'm seeing in, in, in leaders happening. Not just leaders, but I'm even seeing it creep into leaders' lives. That it's time for pre-service prayer. And we're detached from our assignment of leading God's people in prayer. And so we walk around and we keep having, we go from conversation to conversation to conversation in the house of the Lord. We're trying to pray and I'm watching you standing over here having side conversations with people. It's tied up in here tonight. You are lacking revelation of the importance of what's taking place in the presence of God. If somebody comes, because I can already hear it. Well, people just coming to me. They want to keep talking to me. You know why? Because you keep making yourself available to them. If you were busy talking to Jesus, come on, I'm going to talk to the leaders in this place tonight. We got to set an example. Come on. I can't preach to all the rest of the saints about this if leaders aren't being an example. When we walk into this house, you've got an assignment from God to get your hands uh, on the throne of heaven uh, and to pray heaven uh, down into this place. And if people are coming to you in pre-service prayer, you need to become really good at telling them, brother, I'll talk to you after church. If it's not a right now emergency, catch me after church and start praying. Don't even give them a chance. And half the time the conversations include smiles and chuckling, laughing. This is the place of prayer. This is the place where heaven and earth come together. And we're doing eternal business in the kingdom of God. You know, while I'm here, I might as well just go ahead and address some things. When we're here for for church and the preaching of the word is going forth, that lobby is not a social gathering place.
Why, why are we gathering out in the lobby in the middle of church services, having conversations and meetings and discussions and It's really good preaching tonight. It is a spit in the face of disregard for what's happening in this sanctuary. We're sending a message to everybody in here that what's happening in here is not near as important as my little conversation. And we get really sneaky at justifying our flesh. Well, I had to take my child to the restroom. Well, guess what? I raised two children. I know what that entails. And I know how long it takes. So you ain't fooling nobody. Quit lying. And have enough sense not to lie in the house of God. I, I pray nobody's in the lobby right now, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Oops. You may have started out taking them to the restroom, but you know you, that's not what you're doing out there. Well, it was too loud for me. Get some earplugs to help you reduce the volume if you've got sensitive ears. Come on, let's talk about it tonight. Everybody's hearing sensitivity is different. You can't chase around trying to make everybody happy with the volume. I couldn't hear. It wasn't loud enough. It was too loud. Not loud. You can't do that. If it's too loud, put a little bit of paper in your ear. They make devices that are literally designed for people with sensitive ears that lower the decibel rating. It's a, it's a normal thing that people use. Go get one. And quit making a scene and disrupting church by leaving because you say it's too loud. Why? Because this is the place of prayer. We can't let our flesh, come on, we can't let our flesh keep trying to sabotage what God is doing in this house. And if an usher or somebody in authority goes out in the lobby and asks you to please come back into the lobby or into the sanctuary, they're, they're going under my authority to do so. Don't be hard to get along with. Don't be full of rebellion against the authority that's been delegated in this house. If a cop flashed their sirens on the street, I promise you wouldn't keep driving. You got more fear of human authority than you do godly authority.
don't get a nasty attitude and stomp off and ignore people and flip your eyelids and roll your eyes and come on let's get some Holy Ghost maturity there's eternal things that God's wanting to do in this house let's stand all over this place tonight my God somebody better play some music and give somebody some hope I say, I gave y'all a chance to break out with a prayer meeting in the middle of the preaching tonight. <laughs> y'all had a chance. Let me say this tonight, and we're going to come together. Just come, come on down to the altar. We're going to pray together for a few moments. Just come on down. Come on down. I'm going to make it easy for people that need to repent. We'll all come together. That way you ain't got to be by yourself tonight. We're all going to come together to the altar tonight. We're all coming together to the altar tonight. We need to have a sensitivity in this house to understand that when we assemble here, there is a, a war in the spirit that takes place for spiritual dominance. And if we're not careful, we'll surrender our flesh as a tool of distraction to what the Holy Ghost is trying to accomplish in this house. Come on, somebody. When you study the scripture, how many of you have heard the term, the biblical term, the horns of the altar? They literally had a part of the altar that had these, they, they were horns that, that came out on the side of the altar. They were not for decoration. But the purpose of the horns of the altar was that when you brought an animal to sacrifice it, that animal doesn't want to die. Anybody ever tried to, huh, to butcher an animal? I got two farmers in the building. Anybody ever see anybody try to butcher an animal? They don't want to die. That animal will kick and fight and run and tussle. And so they would break that sacrifice. And the whole time they were trying to sacrifice the animal, the animal was trying to not be sacrificed. And so they would literally tie that animal to the horns of the altar. That was the purpose of the horns of the altar, was to take that sacrifice and say, you're going to sit here and you're going to die. And the more it would struggle, they would tie it down so that it couldn't get off the altar. And that's what we have to do with our flesh. Our flesh doesn't want to die. Our carnal want to submit to, to godly. You want to know what our, our, our carnal reaction is to this kind of preaching? It's to rebel against it. It's to reject it. It's to kick against it. It's what got Saul in trouble with God. It's to justify. It's to make excuses. So you know what we have to do? We have, sometimes we got to tie ourselves to the horn of the altar. 
Sometimes we got to drag ourselves to an altar, kicking and screaming and saying, you know what? My flesh doesn't want to do that. My flesh doesn't want to receive the word. My flesh, but you know what? My flesh is going to die today. I'm going to tie myself to an altar uh, and my flesh is going to know you will submit. Uh, You will surrender to God. You will obey the Holy Ghost. Come on, I want us to lift our hands in this house tonight. Come on, all over this sanctuary, I want us to open up our mouth and begin to pray uh, in this house tonight. Uh, Come on, in the name of Jesus. God, help me. Help me, God. Help me to surrender my spirit. Help me to surrender my flesh, God. Help me to submit myself, God. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to repent. Your flesh doesn't want to do what God wants it to do. You got to tie yourself to the horns of the altar and say, all right, God, here I am. Come on now. All right, God, here I am tonight. Come on, come on. If I got to get some things right in my spirit, uh, God, help me tonight. Uh, help me to get my thinking straight. Uh, help me to get my spirit right. Uh, help me to, uh, to adjust my perspective. Uh, help me, oh God, to get my attitude right. Uh, help me to get my thinking corrected. Come on. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. In the name, come on, let's pray for a few moments tonight. Come on, let's pray for a few moments tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, I I, I don't need to hype you up. I don't need to, to prod you along. Let's take a few moments and pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I bring my flesh to the altar tonight, God. Come on, I bring my flesh to the altar tonight, God. Woo! In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh God. Come on, that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's it. Come on, come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy. Tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for. 
Come on, lift your voice and sing it with me tonight. Lord, prepare me. Come on. To be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. Tried and true. Thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Come on up, Lord, prepare me. Come on, to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with I'll be a living sanctuary for you. And them old timers would sing, I'll say yes, Lord, yes. Your will and to your way, I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart. I'll agree and my answer will be yes Lord everybody say yes 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 and say yes oh yeah yes 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 Yes. Come on, one more time. Shout yes. Come on, before we leave this building, lift your voice. See yes.
Come on, somebody's spirit is submitting to God right now. Somebody's spirit is surrendering to God right now. Come on, uh, yes, 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 yes. Somebody give him a great big praise in this house tonight. Come on, somebody give him a great big praise in this house tonight.